Welcome to Understanding Buddhism in America. My name is Mike, and I've been a Buddhist for about two years now. I decided to start this podcast because when I became a Buddhist and I resolved to take refuge in the Dharma, the Sangha, and the Buddha, I found it rather difficult to know where to start looking for information. Buddhism has yet to gain a strong foothold in America, so knowing things like which books to read and what the main teachings are all about can be difficult to find. This podcast is meant to be sort of a guide through Buddhism, through the lens of my own personal path through it. We'll be going through many teachings and traditions, so I think everyone listening can stand to learn something beneficial. I wanted to start this podcast by talking about one of the most challenging things to grasp in Buddhism, might as well go for the gusto, which is non-attachment. I like to think of attachment as the thing that separates an idea and a belief, in that beliefs are ideas that we've attached to. As a consumer, I was raised believing I'm missing something in my life. Whether we realize it or not, commercials and advertisements tend to carry the message that we all have some deep void inside of us. And in order to be fulfilled, we have to purchase something. The obvious problem with this is that as soon as we have whatever product or service we've been told that we need, we immediately need something else. Most of the time, we don't even question this new need. We assume whatever we just bought added value to our lives, but not quite enough because we still need more. So what does this have to do with attachment? This is a perfect example of attachment and action. I've heard this idea that I'm not complete and need something to complete me. I attach to it. I believe in it. And even when I've proven this idea wrong first-handedly by purchasing the product that was supposed to fulfill me and discovering it doesn't, when I'm presented with this idea again, I attach to it again. I'd like to believe I'm strong-willed and grounded in my beliefs, but even if I am these things, it doesn't change the fact that hearing an idea over and over again, almost endlessly, definitely increases the chance that some part of me will believe it and attach to it. This is an easy example for me to get past, because as I get older, I get wiser about the things I truly want or need in my life, in order to get through my day the way I'd like it. Insecurities fade or quiet down in time because we're capable of understanding that we're not incomplete as we are. A baby is born complete. And it owns nothing. People die complete, and they own nothing. So it becomes clear we are perfectly complete at any and every given moment, whether we feel like we are or not. This is an example of non attachment. It's not a repressing of a void inside of us, it's an understanding that there is no void. Or if we happen to be feeling a void, it's an understanding that we have embraced the void. A lot of people have a hard time understanding that every emotion comes with a variety of options. We can repress them, attach to them, or don't attach to them. No matter which actions we choose, we are going to feel our emotions. There's no hiding, there's no escaping. Even if we repress them, they still come back in different forms, like stress, 
ulcers, mental illness. So we should embrace our emotions and allow ourselves to feel them. However, just because we feel them doesn't mean we need to attach to them. If I feel angry, I will continue thinking about what made me angry, which will make me angrier. This is an attachment. I will become angry at the very shock that I can feel angry. I will become even angrier when imagining all the destructive ways I can act on my anger because I'm angry for feeling empowered by this emotion to do destructive things. This is a form of attachment. We've all heard we need to let things go, but to truly understand what that means, we have to admit it to ourselves when we're still holding on. If I feel angry today, I can focus my anger. I won't try to reject it, because that's me feeling angry for feeling angry. I will simply allow myself to be angry. I'll probably feel my pulse quicken, my temperature rise, and my muscles clench. But if I don't attach myself to it, I'll feel no need to act on it, and it will fade in time. But how do I not attach to it? By remembering that the anger is mine to control. Your emotions are yours to control. You see, we tend to think of emotions as gifts or curses from other people, when in actuality they are simply our reactions to other people's actions. We may not always be able to choose what our reactions feel like, but they're still our own doing and no one else's. My feelings are mine, your feelings are yours. Because they are ours, we have the freedom and the capability to express them however we want. At this point, we have to ask ourselves if the way we're currently expressing our emotions is the most constructive or destructive. Attachment tends to lead to destructive actions. Compassion tends to lead to constructive ones. The easiest way I've found to embrace all emotions is to mentally or verbally say the words, This is what blank feels like. This is what anger feels like. This is what sadness or grief feels like. This is what happiness and love feels like. Saying these words acknowledges the feeling, but gives it no real power over you. Emotions come in cycles. They fade in and they fade out, often without our approval. The good news is, because we lack control over their arrivals and departures, we don't really need to act on them. Our emotions become like a sports team on a field, and we've been in the audience all of our lives screaming our heads off at the refs and the players and the coaches. But there comes a time to realize that we're just the spectators. We don't really have control. We don't really have power. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Because once we realize that, we can just sit down, relax, grab some popcorn, and enjoy the game. So what about attachment and love? This is the question I've been asked routinely ever since announcing I was Buddhist. To understand the answer, we first need to ask what attachment really is. The answer usually isn't that we're attached to people, but rather to our expectations of people. We should really try to assume nothing in our lives. 
This can be difficult because we have very judgmental minds. When we once use this part of our minds for fight-or-flight survival situations in the dawn of man, now we rarely need them for anything. So we overuse them on just about everything. But our minds are much bigger than just our assumptions and our judgments. When we break free of our attachment to judgment, we discover how astoundingly often they're incorrect. In the backs of our minds, we know that everyone can catch disease, everyone can commit horrendous crimes, everyone will someday die. The problem is we tend not to associate the people we know and love, even ourselves, with these things. We assume because we are who we are, and our friends and family are who they are, that we're somehow exempt. We think if we just act kind enough and spread enough goodwill and joy, everything will work out magically rather than realistically. This attachment blinds us from the big picture that all of these things can happen to us, and most of them probably will. But it's not all dark and gloomy. Because now that our often incorrect expectations and judgments of people have been made aware to us, love becomes much easier to enjoy. If we understand that every person we know is capable of anything at any given moment, it comes as much less of a shock to us when things go wrong, and it comes as much more of a blessing to us when things go right. We may still feel mistrust, jealousy, grief, or even despair over our current situations. But now we know the truth that we're far from being alone. In fact, if we asked them, many of our friends and family could tell us all the things that have gone wrong in their lives. And yet we still view them as strong individuals, capable of great love and mutual compassionate support. Which means that's probably how they view us as well, no matter what's happened. Everyone sees the world in black and white when they don't quite understand it. So when I talk about emotions, most people will assume I'm grouping every single emotion ever experienced into the context. I should point out then that if someone is talking about dealing with emotions, they're usually talking about dealing with being emotional. I mentioned emotions are like a sports game earlier. Obviously, if the emotion I'm feeling right now is love, I'm not going to want to be a spectator. I'm going to want to get in and join the game. There's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with enjoying your emotions. I think the choices of being a spectator or a player are simply two different ways to enjoy two different kinds of emotions. People don't tend to talk about dealing with good feelings because good feelings are generally easy to deal with. Love is the greatest feeling of all. It gives us drive to be generous, kind, good-hearted, and compassionate. And there's nothing wrong with feeling love, just as there's nothing wrong with feeling any other emotion. I should say that love is still an emotion, which means it's a reaction of our own doing. And when we attach to it, it can still blind us from reality. But no emotion is wrong. No emotion should be rejected or pushed away. They should all be embraced as what they are, which is an extension of us, of our own doing. This means we can express them any way we want, 
We can paint wonderful pictures, carve statues from mountains, we can dance, we can sing, we can kiss, we can just talk about it, or we can start a podcast. Attachment is what blinds us from this. We assume bad emotions are like stains on our clothes that need to be washed away as soon as possible. But everyone is stained with emotions. In fact, instead of thinking of bad emotions as stains on our clothes, we should think of them as stains on glass. We should let the light shine through them and enjoy the wild assortment of colors shining in on our hearts. Because in the end, that's what makes us who we are. Hearing the phrase non-attachment may sound cold and lonely, but what it really means is simple embracing. The things we need to be non-attached to are the ideas and beliefs that something needs to change or go away, or that we're imperfect, or that the world and our emotions should be exactly the way we want them to be. Non-attachment is understanding that nothing in the world is separate from ourselves. This can be a tough pill to swallow, but it's easy to understand if you try. Everything in the world depends on something else. Whether it be organisms, plants, or ecosystems, everything in the world is made up essentially of the same things. We're all made up of elements, air, space, atoms. Everything in the world has been around, in one form or another, since the dawn of existence. The same water that's in the oceans, lakes, rivers, and rain right now is the same water that helped create the earth in the first place. Everything is connected. Everything is a part of everything else. The suffering of attachment is the ignorance of transience. We're attached to the idea that the things we love will last. But nothing lasts forever in the same form. Nothing was even meant to. In a world where everything does last forever, nothing has any value. Nothing is special. So, this impermanence, the one thing we've all tried to defy, or at least ignore, is really the rule of reality. It's the one thing we definitely all have in common. And because it is the rule, it's something to be embraced. Thank you for listening to Understanding Buddhism in America. It is my hopes that I'll be doing this weekly, so hit the subscribe button and go and tell your friends.